a bit later on. The band will come back and lead us a little bit later on. And we've um, extended our series that we started in the summer on the hard sayings of Jesus. So we're really grateful for all the uh, comments that you've made and the requests that you've, you've asked for. Um, so today um, we're going to focus on forgiveness. And I'm going to read two readings. So the first reading is Matthew chapter 6. And I'm just going to be reading from verse 9 to 15, and they will sound familiar words to you. And then from Matthew 18, so if you're following it in your own Bible, you can put your your finger in Matthew 18. It will be on the screen as well if you want to follow the words there. So Matthew 6, verse 9, Jesus says, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then from Matthew 18, reading from verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or my sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations have 70 times seven. We're not quite sure um, exactly whether it's one or the other. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, said Jesus, is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you. Each of you, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. 
a hard saying, isn't it? Thank you so much. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the Bible and we thank you that we can read it. We have it in our hands. Thank you that we can listen to your words, Jesus. And Lord, as we've been um, looking at this series of the things that you said that make us think and make us sit up and sometimes we find them hard. We, we pray that you give us a new heart this morning and that by your spirit you would help us to understand your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I came across this story in one of my readings around this subject this week from John Wesley. Uh, he was interceding for a, a man who worked for the governor, George Oglethorpe, apparently, and he'd got into trouble. He'd gotten into the wine cellar of the governor and uh, drunk contents of several bottles of his precious wine. And in discussion, the governor had told John Wesley about this and said, I will never forgive him for that. And John Wesley replied, then I hope for your sake that you never sin." I don't know what happened to that situation, but forgiveness is powerful, we know that. Forgiveness can change the course of a life. It changed my life when I received forgiveness from the Lord Jesus. It can change the course of a community, it can even change the course of a nation. I'm focusing today on how it changes us. Forgiveness is easier to admire in other people than to practice in ourselves. And this passage that we read together is a revolutionary call upon our lives that as the forgiven, we will be forgiving. And it challenges us. We know that it is God who empowers a forgiving spirit And Jesus, interestingly, devotes half of his teaching on the kingdom community to this issue of forgiving people from the heart. And we know it's a no-brainer, don't we? If we had the choice, would we want a forgiving heart and a forgiving spirit, or would we want an unforgiving heart and a bitter heart and a resentful spirit? Well, if you put it like that, There's no choice. Someone has said, every time you forgive someone else, you pass on a drop of water out of the bucket full that God has already given you. Every time you forgive someone else, you pass on a drop of water out of the bucket full that God has already given you. But we acknowledge this is a hard saying. That's why we're covering it. And the parable that Jesus tells, the story that Jesus tells, arises out of a conversation that he has with Peter. And it's always important when you come across a hard saying of Jesus is to go back and read it again and read the passage before it. Read what the context was in which Jesus says some of the things that he does. And the context of Matthew 18 is of brothers and sisters 
fellow disciples. And earlier on in the chapter, Jesus gives practical instructions on how to deal with issues that arise within the family of God. And, and how to deal with the sin that, that happens within the church. And it's not to be hidden or swept under the carpet, but in love it's to be dealt with. And either brought by one to one or with two people or, or sometimes to the whole church. And out of that context, Peter asks Jesus a question. How many times then do I have to forgive my brother? He's not talking about Andrew, poor old Andrew. He's not talking about Andrew. He's talking about my brothers and sisters. How many times shall I forgive them? And Peter himself ventures an answer, which is quite interesting, isn't he? He's asked Jesus a question and he he offers an answer. Up to seven times? And that's pretty generous, isn't it? You know, we're used to three strikes and you're out. Even the rabbis of Jesus' day would have been saying three times, yeah. Seven times? And Jesus answers, not seven times. Seventy-seven times. Or, he may have said, 70 times 7 times, which if you're quick at maths, which I am not, who got 490? Oh, aren't you clever? 490. And the point is, in some ways, very clear. Jesus has said, if you're still counting... You've missed the point. If you're still holding on to that, you've missed the point. You're just postponing your revenge. Therefore, Jesus launches into a parable, and he's, he's brilliant at telling stories, and he paints this vivid picture. It's a memorable story. You won't forget it. Those who heard it wouldn't forget it. And it's one thing, you see, to be told the truth. It's another thing to hear it told brilliantly in a story. And it's another thing that when you hear that story, you find yourself looking directly in a mirror. And suddenly the story hits home. There was a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, who had obviously borrowed from him. And a man is brought to him who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. It's, It's a lot. Let, let's just say it was a million pounds. Or more. It's just a huge debt. I'm not even sure whether Martin's cap money course would have helped him, but maybe, maybe. He has a debt. 
that he can never, ever, ever repay. It is so big. There is no chance he will ever repay it. And it's called in. And in the story, the king is about to deal with him as any Middle Eastern king would have done, whether it be Herod or any of the others, not well. And he orders the liquidation of all the servant's assets, including the sale of his family into slavery to repay the debt. And Jesus goes on in the story and he says, the servant falls on his knees and says, be patient with me. He begs. And we know from the story that the king knows perfectly well this servant would never be able to repay the debt. But unlike any king the disciples would have ever known about, The king in the story cancels the debt. All of it. 10,000 bags of gold that he owed. He cancels the debt. All of it. Forgiven. The entire thing. It is astonishing. Those who have been listening, you would have heard jaws dropping. And the servant leaves the palace. And if you're following the story as Jesus is telling it, you're putting yourself in the story and you're thinking, he's leaving the palace. And he's, how is he feeling right now? How would you be feeling? All your debt has been cancelled. You're feeling pretty good. Happy? Joyful? Ecstatic? On cloud nine, I don't know how many other things I can say off the top of my head, but something like that. And then suddenly, that's when it twists. The story turns. It's not what you expected, was it? Well, you've read it before. When you first heard it, you would have thought, this man leaves the palace going, yes! Yes! He has won the lottery and some. But there is something wrong. In this story. And it's his heart. Because immediately he leaves the palace, he meets another servant who owes him a few pence. Or a few pounds. But it's nothing, nothing in comparison. And what does he do? He says, oh, mate, I've had such good news. I've been so blessed and I want to pass the blessing on. No, he doesn't. He grabs the guy by his throat and begins to throttle him. Aren't the stories of Jesus brilliant? He begins to throttle him. He says, pay me back everything. And notice that Jesus in the story, the second servant says exactly the same words. Be patient with me. He begs, be patient with me. And the servant says, no. You pay back what you owe me. And he gets him thrown in prison. Till he pays it all back. Every last penny. And then the other servants, 
they see it. You know, because people see things, don't they? And people talk. And they tell the king what's happened. And the king summons the original servant back and admonishes him and says, you were forgiven this. You should have cancelled the debt of your brother. And because you don't, you'll be thrown in prison and you'll be tortured until you pay back every last penny. And then, and then if that isn't tough enough already from Jesus, he says that's how our Heavenly Father will treat us if we don't forgive from the heart. Wow. Ouch. This is a hard saying. I think one of the key things is the servant makes no connection between his encounter with the king and with anything else in his life. He thinks his encounter with the king is personal, private. It has no connection with what else goes on in his life and he is mistaken. Obviously, the necessity, the emphasis is the necessity of forgiveness. And it has a central place in the teaching of Jesus. Evident by the fact that it has that place in the Lord's Prayer that we know off by heart. Forgive us our sins or our debts. Same word in Aramaic, sin and debt. As we forgive those who sin against us. And not only does Jesus put it in that prayer, he goes on to explain, for if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. That is an uncomfortable saying. That is a hard saying. Paul in the New Testament says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. John says, how can we love God and hate our brother and sister? And that's when we come face to face with the mirror that this story is. Because if you were put to put yourself in the story, which character would you be? Well, you can put yourself in it in any position, but all of us who have come to know the love and grace of Jesus know this to be true, that we owed a debt that we could not pay, ever. Whether we call it thousands of bags of gold or whatever, we, we owed a debt we couldn't pay. And Jesus paid our debt that he didn't owe. And so all of us who are believers in Jesus here this morning have been forgiven that huge debt. And all of us can walk out of this door this morning and go, yes, I am forgiven. Everything. 
That debt that I could never pay back has been wiped clean. And the challenge is to each one of us, if we have been forgiven, we must be forgiving. In, in that sense, this message is very simple. That's it. But the working out of that is really hard for every one of us. Forgiveness is at the heart of the gospel. Jesus puts such a high value on forgiveness. The cost of my forgiveness... is the life of Jesus. He gave his life for me. That's the cost of my forgiveness. I can never thank him enough and praise him enough and serve him enough. I could never do. But I am forgiven. I'm loved by a heavenly father. It's, I'm a son of God. It's who I am. And so it's incumbent upon me to live a forgiving life. Because the cost of unforgiveness is really high. If you're here this morning and you haven't stepped into a relationship with Jesus that he offers you freely Your sins are not forgiven because it's only forgiven when we trust in Jesus. And we have what he has given to us on the cross becomes ours. It's it's by faith. Our trust in Jesus sets us free. Our sins are forgiven in Jesus and all that he's done for us. If we remain separated from Christ, our sins are not forgiven. We can't forgive ourselves like that. Not what we, that separates us from a holy God. We need forgiveness. So unforgiveness in that sense is really, really costly. The key, as again I say it again, this unforgiving servant believed his encounter with the king was between him and the king alone and no connection to the rest of his life. The king sees it differently. And the king expects in this story a response from the heart of the forgiven In forgiveness. The Old Testament encourages us to do that. Leviticus says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge. Love your neighbor as yourself. So this is the really difficult bit, isn't it, this morning? Who have you not forgiven? Who have I not forgiven? Who am I still bearing a grudge against? Is there part of my heart that will not let go? Because it hurt, 
and some of the deepest hurts often come from those we would not expect it to come from. That's why it goes so deep. And wounds and hurt and betrayal and suffering can bind us, can enslave us because we're not prepared to forgive. And genuine forgiveness only comes with that commitment, that decision, that that act of the will. Because sometimes your heart needs a bit of time to catch up with your will. Where I need to go on repeating often, I forgive you, I forgive that person, I forgive, I forgive. And then I will find hopefully that my heart catches up. In a way, Jesus is saying forgiveness needs to be as natural to us as breathing. We breathe out forgiveness. If we we hold on to unforgiveness, we'll suffocate. And we are not responsible for the other. I'm not talking about me going to someone this morning and saying, right, let's sort this out. What I'm saying this morning from this passage is, I have to get my heart right. And I will not hold on to it. And I will not be a slave to it. I am responsible to root out that resentment and bitterness that gets a hold of me. I could say, well, but, 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 God, but, them. Jesus isn't talking about them here. He's talking about me. My heart, your heart. And forgiveness is not softness, it's not sentimentality, it's not a doormat. Forgiveness is never condoning wrong behavior or evil or things that really, it's not saying it didn't matter. It's saying, I will not become a slave to that. That's why it's hard. That's why I've found it hard to speak about it. And that's why I want to talk about more about me and my heart. Because I can't talk about you and your heart. Only you know your heart. I will not hold on to unforgiveness. I 
I will not bear grudges. That's my pledge. Will it ever happen in my life? Yes, probably. And will I need to deal with it again? Probably. But if I'm to take Jesus seriously in the good and the difficult, then I need to see the mirror this morning and look into it and say, Jesus, I am sorry that I have held on to things that I should not have done. And I want a softer heart. You know, the church is made entirely of forgiven people. That's how we get in. How many of us got into the church because we were perfect? We got everything right. No, we only got in because we're sinners and we found a saviour who says, we're forgiven. Remember the guy leaving? He should have been dancing. Or at least whooping. I know we're not good at the dancing bit, but... Woohoo! Yeah! I told you Naaman wanted to stay in. <laughs> to forgive is expensive, I know. To remain unforgiven is more expensive. And maybe we also need to forgive ourselves as well. Sometimes we don't realize that God has forgiven us everything and we haven't forgiven ourselves. He's forgiven all my debts. Yet I have an enemy who reminds me of everything I've done wrong. All my failures. All my sins. He's constant at it. Tells me what a rubbish pastor I am. Tells me what a rubbish husband I am. Tells me what a rubbish father I am. How can you stand in front of people and spout all that? Philip, you're a hypocrite. And I have to say, you're right, but I am a forgiven hypocrite. And I am a forgiven father and a forgiven husband and a forgiven pastor. And I only stand here because of God's grace in my life. I'm not here to tell you what I haven't told myself a hundred times. That's why it's so hard. Because all of us could leave here and say, but you don't know. No, I don't. But what Jesus says, if you can't forgive, you will be a slave. I knew this was going to be emotional for me. Because the wonder of the gospel, the wonder of it all, is that God, who knows everything about me, died for me and forgave me. I don't want it written or said about me, but he was an unforgiving so-and-so, wasn't he? I think we should pray.
Shall we pray?